Hello, and welcome to On Your Left, the politics podcast that's probably to your left. My name is Katrina, and I use she-them pronouns. I'm Nirali. I use she-her pronouns. Um, we are in your podcast feeds every week, except for last week, because we took a took a much-needed break. Um, but if you want to support us uh, in our podcasting journey, you can visit us at patreon.com slash onyourleftpod so that we can continue to be in your feeds every week. Also, share this podcast so more people can listen to us. You love our voices so much. Um, jumping right into things, we only have one piece of COVID news this week, and it's actually really great. Um, according to data from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, more than 3 million people, on average, are receiving a dose of a COVID-19 vaccine each day in the United States. We hit another big landmark, and it's actually a good one. Let's all get stabbed. Yeah. Let's do it. I, I got stabbed twice. Second time around was not so great for me. Um, but now I'm fine again. I, I got a little sick, and now I'm fine. And it's great. The stabs are good. Get stabbed. By, yeah. by 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 practi- by vaccine practitioners or whatever don't yeah, get stabbed randomly <laughs> yeah uh i will be eligible for the covid-19 vaccine on april 19th according to my state's new plan and i am going to schedule an appointment yes you are you're going to get stabbed and it's going to be great uh, it'll be it'll be real good. Yeah. Um, so we have like two things in the news for today. Uh, I wanted to start by talking about gay stuff uh, because we're queer, but I don't have a name for this segment yet. What's a good gay pun? Oh. I don't know. Gay. I feel like I feel like gay stuff is pretty on brand for us. We're just. Just two queers yeah. talking about queer stuff. It's what we do. Uh, yeah. Specifically, <laughs> today, we're going to be talking about some trans stuff. Because a lot of state legislators are being really mean, and I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it either. I, I, I'm not a fan. Um, so, Arkansas and Mississippi have signed laws banning trans girls from competing in school sports consistent with their gender identity. I don't know why it's just trans girls, but like, okay. I mean, I know, I, I see why. This is a very uh, sexist thing. It's a, and look, this is an example of the real enemy being the patriarchy. Uh, they don't like it when boys do traditionally feminine things. Uh, and in their mind, trans girls are just boys. That's absolutely bullshit. Uh, but they don't mind it when girls participate in traditionally masculine projects. Uh, and if a girl wants to play football, there's a boys team. There's not no other option. Yeah. I, it's also just like there's there's this myth that trans girls have an unfair advantage over cis girls in sports which is just not true and if if we are going by the logic that uh, trans girls are just boys which they're not they're girls um like what what makes what makes 
boys or trans girls superior to cis girls in any way shape or form when it comes to sports like did we settled this with the battle of the sexes with billy jean king versus bobby riggs like we did we've done this we've done this we know that like all genders are pretty equal when it comes to sports especially sports at like a decent level like like i don't know high school sports are hard i I was a high school athlete I was not a great high school athlete, but like it's competitive. I don't know where these people are coming from with these like unfair advantages, but like once you're on a varsity team, you got to work your ass off no matter what gender you are. Yeah. Um, I think I want to make the, I want to make two points real fast. Mm -hmm. Uh, First of all, to echo what you said, trans athletes do have no competitive advantages and it is sexist and rooted in biological Mm -hmm. essentialism to claim that they are. And feminists have been fighting against biological essentialism for decades. Uh, We know that regardless of any biological impact, people are competent when they try things. I, for instance, joined my high school track team because my dad said he would give me prom money if I did it. And even though I was an average runner at the beginning of the season, at the end of the season, I was losing the 100 meter dash by more than 50 meters because I don't like sports. Running (laughs) is bad. I like prom money, though, and that was great. Um, But the second thing is that, like, trans athletes have been competing at all level of sports for years now. They have been openly competing in sports as trans athletes and there has not been a single sport dominated by trans athletes because the fact is that they're rare uh because not everybody wants to be out about being trans and not everybody has policies that support them being uh trans athletes and also just it's hard to be an athlete it's like a lot of work and not every kid wants to do that Some people just want to be, you know, average and play a game with their friends, which is what sports is. (laughs) I did enjoy winning. I miss tennis. I should go back to tennis. Um, I, I think it's ridiculous that your dad made you, like, do sports for prom money. That's annoying. Um... But also, it's just, like, it's just an attempt to pit cis girls against trans girls to, like, perpetuate this myth that, like, trans girls have an advantage over cis girls in sports, in childhood sports. Like, everyone's working just as hard as each other. If you're good, you're gonna win no matter what. If you work hard and if you, like, hone your skills in whatever sport you're doing... Even if it's chess, which I don't know why it's considered a sport. It's not a sport. But even if it's chess, as long as you hone your skills. Well, okay. First of win. all, I am pro chess being a sport. No. It is also a sport I'm really bad at. I just want to be clear here. It's not because <laughs> I have some, like, investment personally in chess. I'm bad at this sport. It is a sport that I am bad at, like several others. I got disagree. beat by a five-year-old. I, I'm not good at chess, but that's not why I disagree. I disagree because there is very little physical activity involved in chess. 
you just have to move your arm. It's a mental game. And there are other mental games that are not considered sports, like poker and all card games. Like, they are all mental skills, not physical activity skills. You know? I, I, I just don't think it counts as a sport. And I think it's ridiculous that people consider it a sport. Also, esports, you're on thin ice. Um, but at least there's I have the E in front of it. So it, it's considered no a separate thing. <laughs> Not a single opinion here. But I will say that the inclusion of trans girls in athletics, all athletics, whether they be soccer or e-soccer, I don't know, or chess, is FIFA. something that supports the ongoing investment in all girls through access to sports and athletic activities because it's an investment in girls. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And, like, we don't have to, like, run through the history of Title IX and, like, the unfair advantages men have had in athletics historically to talk about how we need women in sports and yeah. we need investment in women in sports. And that includes trans women, obviously. Yeah. And advocates for women and girls in sports, like the National Women's Law Center, the Women's Sports Foundation, and the women's leaders in college sports all have trans-inclusive policies. So the call for these, like, bans on little kids playing sports, I want to be very clear, these are laws targeting children, uh, is something that nobody who plays sports, or any woman who plays sports, are really advocating for. These mm -hmm. policies that are allegedly claiming to be protecting cis girls are not coming from the people who will be affected. And personally, as someone that has, like, a hand in raising a child who wants to, like, play sports, uh, to my knowledge, he is a cis boy. But the way that the law is written in Pennsylvania, because, yes, it's being proposed in Pennsylvania, uh, means that... If a child is suspected of being trans, they will need to undergo a medical examination to prove they are cis. And as That's someone who so takes care invasive. of kids, that is, like, disruptive of their privacy. It is invasive. And frankly, I don't want any kid, but particularly not the one I'm in charge of, to have to undergo that. And I don't think any parent would sign on to such an invasive policy that is strips their rights as parents and the right to privacy that their children have. Also, it's just like completely ignoring the fact that intersex people exist. And that like what what's going on in your body isn't always like obvious. Like you're the uh a, gender is not genitals. B, your genitals and the the biological sex that you are aren't necessarily the same. And C, it doesn't matter. Let kids be kids. Let them play sports. Like, why is this? Ah. <laughs> so sports are good for kids. Having the opportunity to participate in sports results in positive outcomes for students, including having better grades, higher educational aspirations, better homework completion rates, and improved, 
improved self-esteem. And I can actually attest to this because when I was a student athlete in high school and I was also very busy, I had clubs, I had tennis, I had like, I was in Model UN, I was in a ton of things. I was a very busy person and I got most of my homework done with undiagnosed ADHD because it was a very regimented schedule. I had there was a specific time for everything and I had to get it all done if I wanted to read fan fiction until two in the morning. Um, like, and then I got into a great school and I got a degree and it was fine. Um, like sports help you so much. And I, I was also in the best shape of my life and I should probably exercise more nowadays. Um, it's just, it's good for you. I made so many friends that I still keep in touch with and I still care about. And yeah, it's just good. And I got prom money after skipping half of my practices to do art in the art club and play Dungeons and Dragons. That is so valid. Yeah, I, I mean, sports aren't for everyone, but it does have all of these proven effects. And to be fair... I also really enjoyed being on the track team. I would, like, tutor the younger kids on history and <laughs> math while we were waiting for our events to be called up at track meets. I was an integral part of the team, just not in the <laughs> athletics part of the team. <laughs> yeah, no, um, I mean, I was, I was, like, the, I was an alternate my senior year because I wasn't a great, I wasn't, like, the best tennis player. Um, so I would cheer everyone on when they were playing i would help the other students student athletes with their homework we would study together if we were in the same classes and like it was it was nice i don't know i don't know what else to say other than it's like great like sometimes it's terrible and sometimes there are mean people because high school is high school and kids are kids and people are mean sometimes but it's also great. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I think I'm just supportive, generally, of kids who want to play sports getting to play sports. Uh, it's just, it's fine. Let children explore their interests and do things that they think will be fun mm -hmm. that are also beneficial to them. Uh, it's, it's a very simple thing. Um, we're going to move on to a slightly more sensitive topic now though uh still regarding trans kids mm -hmm. because currently there are more than 20 states proposing restrictions um on trans athletics or gender confirming health care with arkansas leading the nation i guess in a terrible direction but i will say they are leading us um as Somewhere. the only state to ban trans health care yeah, so this, uh, what Arkansas has done is prohibit healthcare professionals from providing or even referring young trans people to medically necessary care, and they, they have barred the use of any state funds for gender-affirming healthcare for trans people under 18, which means that they will not be able to access puberty blockers, they will experience a lot of dysphoria, experience, like, horrible mental health because 
trans health care includes mental health care that they will not be able to access. They will not be able to access trans-friendly mental health care, and that's just terrible. Like, yeah. I don't know what else to say other than that's horrible. Yeah, uh, LGBT groups and medical professionals have all spoken out against this bill. It is a, it's going to be a bad law, and it's going to hurt a lot of children, and we shouldn't be hurting children. Um, and one thing that's been pretty contentious uh, has been the arguments around puberty blockers. Uh, so puberty blockers is something that's been around for decades and have only recently begun to be used to help trans kids not have to undergo the trauma of going through the wrong puberty. All it does is delay puberty until the individual is ready to go through it. Uh, it's a pretty common treatment for a lot of people, especially kids who start puberty at a really young age before they are mentally or emotionally ready to go through it. This is basically all that is happening. It is still being used for that same purpose. It's just being used to delay people going through the wrong puberty until they are emotionally and mentally ready to deal with puberty. Yeah. Nobody should be forced to go through puberty. Puberty sucks. And it's and it's waiting like the whole point was that like was so that trans kids would not have to make irreversible changes to their body before they were adults. They were legal adults. That's the whole point of puberty blockers, right? They are are not going through hormone replacement therapy. Puberty blockers are not hormone replacement therapy. We're not giving estrogen to trans girls. You know, that's not what it is. It is just waiting until they are adult enough to be informed about the decisions they are making, to be ready to make those healthcare decisions about their bodies. And, and apparently, according to like supposed journalists, that's irreversible when it's not. Puberty blockers are not irreversible. Yeah, it's it, literally, yeah. it's they're designed to be a delay measure. They're designed to help children who are going through puberty at the wrong time to just put a pause on their body that's racing ahead before their brain's ready to do it. And I have no problem with that. Uh, this bill yeah. stopping gender-affirming healthcare is really damaging, though, uh, for a lot of reasons, not just to the kids, but it also punishes supportive families, uh, trans-supportive families, because it is forcing them to make decisions about whether to move out of Arkansas, which is probably not what Arkansas wants, uh, to move, or to have to pay to regularly travel to a different state to get their child the health care they need. Those are both really expensive options that aren't going to be available to every family. Yeah. It's, it, it's just all around so bad. Um, and yeah, the ban allows private insurers as well to refuse to cover gender-affirming care for people of any age, not just trans kids, which is horrifying because that means, I mean, health, we've discussed how health insurance is just completely broken in this country before, but that just, that just means some people will just be completely stuck. They will not be able to pay for the health care they need. Yeah, I've, uh, I'm sure, uh, I'll have a phrase this. 
So in Pittsburgh, there's this problem around pride that it's gotten really corporate. Uh, and it's, for one thing, our, uh, the name of our pride is uh, EQT, named after a company that does fracking. Uh, and there Yikes. are also several, like, health insurance companies that are located in Pittsburgh that also, like, help sponsor pride. Do I have a problem with this? Do I think Pride is getting too corporate? I mean, sometimes it's definitely a nuanced issue. But I do think that if those health insurance companies had the opportunity to cut their bottom line by refusing to care for gender-affirming uh, treatments, they would absolutely do it because those companies value profit over yep. our lives. Yep. I mean, the only reason why pre-existing conditions isn't like a problem anymore for some people with health insurance is because the law forced them to cover people with pre-existing conditions like they do not care health health insurance companies just do not care about you they care about money yeah and having a medical history should not bar you from getting care yeah. that's ridiculous um anyways these are some bad bills that might have been introduced in your state check with your state legislature uh, to find out if there's anybody doing this, and then ask them to stop it. Yeah. And um, if you are in one of the states where something has already been passed, see if the ACLU is fighting it, because the ACLU is fighting a lot of these kinds of battles right now. Um, or if your local equality group is doing something about it, and if not, ask them why they aren't. Moving on to our second topic of the day, let's talk infrastructure, because it's finally Infrastructure Week. <laughs> we made it. We did it, finally. Basically, President Biden has announced $2 trillion to invest in the country's infrastructure, um, which would be paid for by taxing corporations and Americans making more than $400,000 a year, which is quite a bit of money. That's quite a bit of money. Quite a bit of money. So. Uh, which I've I've enjoyed uh, some very interesting arguments from the Republicans that people making $400,000 aren't actually making a lot of money, but, like, it's m too much money to get a stimulus check, so I say tax them. Yeah. I mean, like, it's... I One criticism I do have of that whole thing is that, like, the the billionaires are still getting away with paying nothing. Yep. You know, it's like <laughs> the millionaires and billionaires are still doing fine. Yeah. Which is the frustrating uh, part about like the $400,000 when you could just tax the billionaires any amount of money whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. But it's something. It's something. It is something. And I do definitely, I definitely agree with raising corporate taxes, corporations. Mm -hmm particularly like huge multinational corporations that create shell companies in places with very low tax rates are getting away with not paying for roads and bridges that their companies use to deliver things. Amazon delivers to me and to my neighbors on streets that we all pay for, but Amazon doesn't pay taxes to help maintain. Yep. That's bullshit. Yep. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so... But basically, we like this. We like this bill. We like this 
this two trillion dollars we want it to be spent on infrastructure um and the way biden wants to spend it is on one transportation which is he wants to revitalize the aging or crumbling corridors that get american people and products from place to place which is just a really fancy way of saying roads and trains um, while reducing the sector's reliance on fossil fuels that drive climate change which is a good thing i would i would like some specific specifics on that because i mean there's 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 a lot of talk I have about review what I, I do have some yeah. more specifics yeah. that I just didn't feel like needed to yeah, be in yeah. the outline. Yeah. But I can I can say that. Yeah. Um, so President Biden, along with just a couple top lines, there are other things that are going to be in the bill. This is $2 trillion. It's hard to spend that much at once. But he wants to modernize 20,000 miles of highways and roads, repair 10,000 bridges, and by 2030, build a network of 500,000 electric vehicle chargers. That's good. We we need those chargers. Because right now, I think, like, only Tesla has some around. Yeah. And, and so no you one can't can, I can't own a, a Tesla. Tesla. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I bought a car yesterday. <gasps> you did? It's not a Tesla. Well, yes. Uh, I highly doubted it would be. <laughs> no. I bought a used Toyota Corolla. <laughs> Ooh. I have a Toyota Camry. Ooh. Buds. Buds. Toyota's a good yeah. car. Um. <laughs> and now we'll be able to repair the roads so I can drive. Yeah. Yeah, I think this is great. Um. I think the, these are steps that are necessary. Um, I, I'm i not a big fan of driving, but when I do drive, I would prefer if there were not potholes that made my life more difficult. Yeah, so. and I would also like things like improving road safety by building our infrastructure better mm-hmm. to like protect pedestrians and people who ride bikes and people who use public transportation. Because those are all big spaces of investment in this bill, and I think if we're going to, like, invest in infrastructure to make it safer for all of us to just, you know, live our lives, we mm-hmm. should do it. And now's yes. a great time. Yeah. And, um, oh, I don't think this is on the outline, but um, Amtrak has released a plan on the train system and what they would do with the with some of the, the $2 trillion that's on the table. Um and I, I have to say, I am a fan of more trains. Not a fan of uh, just cutting through Native American reservations, but I feel like that's something that um, is, is down the line. But I want more trains that go yeah. more places. And I want high-speed rails that are fuel efficient because it is possible. I want it. Yeah. This is a nuanced conversation that I'm sure Pete Buttigieg will love dealing with. Yes. That's our transportation secretary, everyone. These are the choices we've uh, made. <laughs> I don't like him. But uh, there is currently <laughs> only one train uh, that I can take from Pittsburgh to Philadelphia, and it leaves, like, before dawn. Wow. Uh, and they're planning to give that... Uh, more care during this plan. And I am 
I am pro getting to leave Pittsburgh. Yeah. Just occasionally for like the weekend. That'd be nice. That would be nice. I would love to see you. I feel like if we met in the middle in Philadelphia, that would be great. We could totally pull that off. Yeah. Yeah. You just got to get stabbed and we can like actually do that. Oh my God. Guys, we're going to do a live podcast in like June or something. Just wait. Wow. Just like imagining life beyond COVID is just wild to me. But um, yeah, so um, transportation is going to be a massive part of this $2 trillion. And I think that's really important. But also um, buildings and utilities are going to be fixed and modernized and become more fuel efficient, which is great. Um, they The goal for this part of the bill act i don't know what is it um plan plan. it's not even it's not a bill yet it's not a bill yet okay so the goal of this of the buildings and utilities part of this plan is to make homes and commercial buildings more energy efficient reduce the lead hazards of old water pipes uh, which is a problem in new jersey um bridge the urban and rural digital divide which we've talked about before on this podcast massively important um and modernize the electrical grid for greater reliability and wider deployment of low carbon electricity which is just saying more people will get good power (laughs) i would like that yeah um i think that's like a really good list of things that we need to do and it's also a big investment in like affordable housing to make these spaces like safe and energy efficient and it will help us a lot in the long run uh with like all of those things also uh if you'll remember uh, just about a month ago we covered a blizzard in texas uh where the electrical grid failed mm-hmm. and uh this could maybe help that not happen again. And I would like that. I would like people to not have like millions of people without power for several days at a time. That'd be nice. Yeah. Like, it's inconvenient when my power goes out for a few hours. I cannot imagine what happened in Texas. Especially with the cold that they're not used to. Because I'm used to cold. Living up here in the mid-Atlantic Northeast. Yeah. We need to modernize all of this. It's bad. It's honestly ridiculous that it hasn't happened yet. Yeah. Um, the next really big part The next big part of this plan is, like, jobs and innovation. The president said that he wants to position America to compete against China and other rivals in the race to build and dominate industries of the future, like semiconductors and advanced batteries. And I don't totally agree with the framing of this issue. Yeah. Uh, But I do like the $500 billion of investment in the manufacturing sector, worker training, and research and development. Give the National Science Foundation money. Yes. 
Um, yeah, I don't, I don't like to think of countries in competition with each other. I think that's a bad thing, especially the, the U.S. versus China rhetoric that has been just nonstop. It's not, it's not fun for Asian Americans. Please stop doing that. <laughs> also, just as a side note, please everyone stop asking me what I think about it. I'm not Chinese, and Asian Americans who are Chinese have, don't need to have like a nuanced opinion on trade policy to exist. There are other things. Just tell them that like the sweater they picked out looks nice, because it's probably nice. And... Yeah, just leave people alone. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, man. God. I got sorry this is this is a very large tangent but I got a bunch of followers last night and today because I replied to someone talking about like Asian American stuff and um I was like yeah I gave up on educating people when people were sharing maps of Asia to educate each other and I was like I don't need to be part of this y'all y'all go google google a map of Asia <laughs> Yeah, it, I'm good. I don't need to. Yeah, the the people like I'm working on educating and having these conversations yeah. with are several steps ahead of that. Yeah, yeah. they did like the initial initial googling. They read the books I told them they should read, <laughs> and then I had a conversation with them. We got to get past this part before we can have these yeah. talks. Yeah, it's like do. It's like we are we are teaching college courses and they are in kindergarten is how I feel about this stuff sometimes. Where it's like we're we're discussing the intersections of of class and race and you are looking at maps of Asia. <laughs> uh, okay. Tangent over, I believe. Um <laughs> I'm just gonna go retweet that tweet of yours. Oh, yes. <laughs> it's important. <laughs> I have muted that tweet because too many people were liking it. That's for the best. Yeah. Um, there's, like, one last part of this plan that I found really, really interesting. Um, and it's $400 billion dollars basically going to like broaden the traditional definition of infrastructure to include the provision of in-home care. Uh, Biden is saying that from an economic standpoint, it is as much about the workers providing that care as it is about the patients and money would go to help those workers who are disproportionately women of color and low paid to earn more. Because people who are caring for older people and people with disabilities deserve pay and benefits and they are taking care of our communities, so we should also be taking care of them. Yeah. Yeah. A, a lot of my family members have relied on the care of paid workers to survive, and they deserve to be paid more. And I think this is great. Yeah. Um... Moving on to, like, why this plan is important and why we need it right now, I have a few ideas. Uh, 
First up, from an economic standpoint, public investment in infrastructure as a share of gross domestic product has been in decline for the past half century. We have continuously failed to invest in our infrastructure, update it, maintain it, make it climate friendly uh, for so long that it is all just crumbling beneath our feet and it's super visible now. And that means like, yes, the best time to make an investment in infrastructure was 50 years ago. But Ronald Reagan didn't want to do it. So now we're doing it now. Oh, Ronald Reagan. What did he want to do? I, I like, he just, he just didn't really want to do anything. He wanted to just let he people. To be taxed less? Yeah, I think that's it. He just, he didn't want, he didn't want government to function. I think. Yeah. I think that's it. Oh, Ronald Reagan. I do not like that man. I do not like him. Um, so the American Society of Civil Engineers in its latest report gave the United States an overall grade of C minus because that's how much our infrastructure sucks. And like, if we want to do the whole competition with other countries, American exceptionalism and America is the greatest country in the world thing, maybe we can, um, do that by making our infrastructure better and like just making life better for us infrastructure yeah, helps got, everyone yeah we only got a c minus because local and state governments have been pouring money into infrastructure trying to make up for gaps in federal funding because before they did that we had a d plus <laughs> the civil engineers basically said look you should be failing but we see that states and cities have been trying to fix this problem, and they've made some improvements, so I guess you get a C-. Yeah. It's just, like, so funny, because you can- if you're driving on inroads in suburbia, like, like you do, you can tell when you're entering a different town because the roads change. Oh, yeah. Because local governments are trying to fix this, and it is not a uniform fix across towns it is not it is not so like it's it's a problem yeah um and it's such a problem that now other countries are roasting us <laughs> the norway university of science and technology recently posted an advisory on its official facebook page warning that students staying in quote a country with poorly developed health services and infrastructure and or collective infrastructure should return home as soon as possible. For example, the USA. And y'all, they are right to roast us. They are completely correct. And um, they should call their, their students back home. Because I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure their infrastructure is significantly better. And yeah, like, they can drive on I feel roads. like <laughs> it's easier to get treatment for COVID in Norway than it is here. So oh, yeah. they're making a point. Yeah. That's um, just funny. So funny. <laughs> I'm on Norway's side entirely here. Yeah. Um, yeah. But here's how you can act. So as of right now, none of Biden's plan has officially been introduced as a bill, 
Uh, that might change by the time this gets posted on Wednesday. But you can still call your federal legislators about supporting the infrastructure investment. You might be interested in specifically naming the Thrive Act, the Clean Future Act, or the Intercity Passenger Rail Trust Fund Act when speaking to your legislators in the upcoming week. Yeah. I think that would be great for infrastructure-specific bills. Um, uh, and also, uh, you can act by talking to your state legislatures, because apparently this is not a federal issue, um, about protecting trans kids, because... Because... I, I, like, apparently we have to convince legislators of the humanity of... Children, children who just want to play sports and be called by the correct name and pronouns look i'm not saying <laughs> we're in a good place right now i'm just saying if states want to make this an issue and apparently they do we're gonna play by their rules and bother the heck out of our state legislators yeah and also, um, you can also act by donating to GoFundMes of people who are trying to raise money for their own trans health care and donating to the Ochre Project, which is a mutual aid fund that is specifically for trans people of color. And just help where you can, because it's, it's not a good spot right now. Yep. Uh, you don't have to do everything, but do what you can. Yeah. Do the right thing when you have the opportunity to. Mm -hmm. Moving on to some good things, because I don't want to be sad anymore. What's our good news this week? So, um, um, I don't know if new listeners know this, because it's been a minute since I've talked about, about this, this white lady, but, um, Taylor Swift is coming out with a new old album called Fearless Taylor's Version on April 9th, and I'm extremely excited about this because the, the new version of Love Story was excellent. The new song from The Vault with Marin Morris was excellent, and I just cannot wait. This is also a massive win for um, not just Taylor, but people, but artists who are fighting for ownership over their work to prove that it is possible to, you know... Tell your fans to not listen to cer to your old work that you don't own and listen to the new stuff instead because it's just it's just hugely important that someone like Taylor Swift, who is the biggest pop star in the world, gets to own her own work. Um, I think it's a signal to recording companies, publishing companies that artists owning their work is hugely important and um, will be fought for. It will be fought for. Yeah. Uh, and that's all really nice. I'm yeah. sure I am going to enjoy listening to Taylor's version of the Fearless album, just as I, like, ten years ago, rocked out to the Fearless album. Yeah. And also just the production quality is going to be so much better. It's, like, it's going to be so much better than before. I'm excited. I'm hype. I'm honestly going to assume that I won't be able to tell. But I'm sure it will be. To, have you listened to the old version of Love Story and the new version of Love Story? And been able to see the difference? Uh, I have just listened to the new version oh, okay. recently. I don't think I've heard the old version in at least three years. 
Oh, okay. Um, I like other albums more now, yeah. but No, that makes fine. sense. No, if you listen to the old version and you listen to the new new version, like the difference is very stark, even though she's kept the, the sound similar. So it's just going to be good. Neat. I'm excited. Uh, what is your my good, good news? news? Uh, this week, my good news is that vaccine hesitancy is down. According to the latest surveys, more people are willing to get the vaccine now. Uh, this is an effect of a few things happening, like seeing lots of people with the vaccine survive and like being okay and not getting sick. Uh, it's also that fans of Donald Trump's are uh, coming around to this not being a giant conspiracy theory after Donald Trump told people to get vaccinated. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't love that it is down to this one old man saying that a thing that he was lying about for over a year is okay, but this is where we are, and I do want those people to get vaccinated, so I'm glad, I guess? Yeah, and we want those people to get vaccinated because herd immunity, like, it's not like... Like, I've seen some people being like, well, the people who don't want to get vaccinated don't deserve to get vaccinated. And it's it's not about that. It's about protecting everyone around you. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, some real quick notes. If you want to talk to people who are, like, hesitant to get the vaccine at this point, here's what you got to do. You're going to emphasize that this vaccine is safe. You're not going to argue about conspiracy theories about vaccines in general. That doesn't apply here. This vaccine is safe. You're not going to get sidetracked. You're going to remind them that getting the vaccine helps them not to get sick and protects them. And then you're going to remind them that it protects their community, including children who have not been approved for the vaccine yet, the disabled people who uh, are immunocompromised and might not be able to get this vaccine, and the very elderly who might have conditions that makes it more difficult for them to get the vaccine. Bring up your aunt with cancer. Bring up your friend who has, like, a four-year-old with asthma and is worried about their life. You are going to be convincing and persuasive, and you're going to get them a shot. Yeah. Also, be nice about it. Don't yell at them, as tempting as it is. Yeah. Get your anger out here in conversations with your friends on a podcast. Yeah. Not with them uh listen yeah. to their fears and remind them the good things about this vaccine yeah i got i got very pissed uh, about about uh certain certain um adults in my life who believe that certain that vaccines cause autism because their children are autistic and i was i got very angry but not in front of them <laughs> oh also them, happy like, like autism awareness week don't donate to autism speaks all right yeah. Well, we're here. Yeah, donate to the uh, Autistic Self-Advocacy Network. Is that what it's called? Yeah, that's what it's called. Yeah. Yeah, they're great. Do that. Um, <laughs> vaccines don't cause autism. Oh, my God. I hate it. Um, and even if they did, vaccines are still nice. I like the fact that I don't have polio. And I like uh, the fact that my youngest brother never got the chicken pox because the vaccine was standardized to give to children by the time he got it. I hated having the chicken pox. It was awful. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, there's nothing wrong with the autistic people. They're fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, 
lastly, I believe you brought us a mango fact this week, Nerali. Yeah, um, this is um, a bit of a PSA. Uh, we love mangoes so much. So, so much. Um, but uh, apparently there's a bad part about mangoes. Uh, which is that the skin of a mango is a common allergen because it contains, I don't know how to pronounce this, but urushiol, which is the same compound found in poison ivy that causes an itchy rash. So to avoid an itchy mouth and lips, remove the skin prior to eating the mango, which I'm assuming most people do anyway. But... Like, you're not supposed to eat the skin of a mango. I don't think... I don't know anyone who eats the skin of a mango. But in case you do, don't. In, in, in case maybe you're like me and, like, don't totally remove the skin because it seems like a lot of extra work and you just sort of eat around it after you cut yeah. it open. Like, just if you're starting to have an allergic reaction, maybe just remove the skin first before eating a mango. Maybe don't do the lazy thing that I do. But if you do, just just Google it. There are creams and stuff to help with poison ivy rashes. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Trans People and About Trains. Trans and trains this week. Trans and trains. Love both of them. So happy about the existence of both. Yes. Um, if you want to keep hanging out with us throughout the week, you can find me at Katrina Ames on YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, and Twitch. Where can we find you, Nerali? You can find me at Firewood Sparkler on YouTube and Twitch and Twitter. Um, and you can also find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash onyourleftpod where um, you can see show notes once I upload them. And um, all sorts of good perks. Come support us on Patreon. It's great. It's a good time. Yeah. Um, This has been the On Your Left, all about trans people and trains. Have an excellent week, everyone. Bye-bye.